Satira Janine is a Chopra certified meditation and health instructor. Satira says that meditation has led her to greater consciousness, a deeper awareness, and an understanding that happiness comes from within. I sat down with Satira to talk about her life's work and her journey. I'm Sergio Gregorio, and this is The Surge Experience. I am here with Satira Janine of Satira Janine. Is it satirajanine.com? Yes, it's satirajanine.com. Who is a Chopra certified instructor uh, who works in the area of meditation and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the work that you're doing and how did you arrive to this space? First of all, uh, thank you for having me. This is a pleasure to be on the Surge Experience. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Uh, And for those of you who don't know, Sergio and I have been friends for over 30 years. It's been an amazing, wonderful friendship. And I started meditation uh, probably around 2016. I just, and I had heard of meditation before. And, you know, I just thought that, you know, one had to be you know, at an ashram in, you know, Nepal or in the Himalaya mountains somewhere in order to uh, fully get the experience. And so, of course, I found out that was not true. And once I stopped trying to force the experience, I was able to meditate. And I've been meditating for a number of years. And then during COVID, the Chopra Meditation Certification Program found me. And I was very grateful for that. And I became a certified teacher and I, I started teaching online during uh, during COVID. A lot of people really think they know what mm-hmm. meditation is. How would you define meditation and what are its benefits? I would define meditation as a progressive quieting of the mind. Uh, one of the misconceptions about meditation is that you're going to sit down and achieve nirvana right then and there. And if you don't, then it doesn't work. Um, we've lived a lot of life. Uh, thoughts are part of this meditation process. Uh, meditation is sort of just allowing your mind to just slow down just enough, observe your thoughts, recognize that those thoughts are going to come during this process. And Eventually, you'll settle into quieter and quieter levels of awareness until you reach the silence within. And that's where the good stuff is, because we all have our silence within, our Mm. kingdom of heaven, our light that never goes out, the unconditional love, the infinite possibilities. It is all there. And there are so many different ways to meditate. Um, you, there's mantra meditation, there are walking meditations, there are jogging meditations. There's so many different options to suit the many different uh, needs that uh, we all have. We all learn uh, differently and benefit differently from different uh, ways of meditation. I never knew that. So you could be outside jogging and be meditating? You can become meditative. Yes, absolutely. Jogging. I mean, just the sort of the rhythm of your feet hitting the road, giving your attention to that. It's sort of giving your attention to something other than the myriad of thoughts that inevitably show up, right? So once you get into a rhythm of favoring uh, one thing, your thoughts, for example, versus uh, the quiet, some people meditate just listening to the hum of the refrigerator, It's just sort of recognizing that the thoughts will come and shifting your attention back, shifting your attention back, whether that be to your mantra, 
uh, your breath. A lot of people do very simple what, breath what is meditation. Mantra? What is mantra? A mantra is a, it's a Sanskrit word. It's, it's an instrument of the mind. It's, it's something that you can say to yourself quietly to yourself. Some people say a mantra out loud. Um, there is a primordial sound uh, mantra that I uh, give to my students where I assign them a mantra based on their birth information. And it's something that they can uh, say to themselves quietly, uh, silently, and it helps bring your attention to that versus the thoughts. So, so the thoughts are going to come, you shift back to your mantra. The thoughts are going to come, you shift back to your breath. The thoughts are going to come, you know, so you have to recognize that you are not your thoughts. You are the observer of your thoughts, right? Your thoughts are not something that have to uh, define you. You know, it's sort of like once you mature into adulthood and you're no longer mm. getting upset over the spilled milk, right? You've cleaned it up and you shifted your or attention. Or the mic stand that won't <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, when you, as you're meditating and you, you, you practice, it's a practice, you know, your mm. meditation is not like a degree that you earn and you hang on the wall and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it's yours forever. Sometimes you, 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 you shift. It's, I mean, it's always there. It's always with you because you always have this inner you, this perfection within you that you can tap into at any time. Choose. This is a, this is a key word. Uh, choose. You can choose just like you can, people say, oh, choose happiness. And I know that that's very difficult sometimes uh, for some people because we have so many, uh, there's just so many things that are, are, that we experience with our five senses and they're so real and they're so concrete. Mm. And sometimes, you know, you need to sort of recognize the importance of starting where you start from where you are. You might be really, really, really mad. We're not asking you to uh, go from being really mad to, you know, peaceful and serene and in and, and, and one meditation, you know, with a regular practice and you begin to tap into that silence within you. Maybe tomorrow you're not raging mad. Maybe you're just a little bit angry. You know, when you sort of some people, they can, you know, get it right away and other people, they need a few more steps and be patient with yourself as you take those steps. But it is worth the practice the practice, right? The practice. The more you practice, the better you get at it. The more you practice, the less likely you are to allow something that angers you to ruin your entire day. Maybe mm. it's just for 10 minutes and you're like, okay, well, I don't have to carry this around with me all day. And so, and as a result, you're your, your blood pressure improves, your sleep improves. There's so many documented medical benefits mm. to meditation. More doctors, nurses, hospitals are integrating this uh, uh, into, their, into their approach for healing. And, uh, you know, there's, uh, it's just the improved immune function. And lately, you know, the past couple of years in particular, we all could benefit from improved immune function. There are so many things that our energy gets so caught up in that our bodies, you know, it's become so difficult to function, right? And so those become the seeds of illness. And we want to make sure that we're giving our body time to recover. The body knows what to do. We just have to give it time. And meditation is very key uh, in that time so that we can begin to heal and grow and improve our relationships with ourselves and with others. So if you're working with someone who's never meditated before mm -hmm. or engaged in this kind of practice, is there a certain energy that someone brings to the table that is not 
consistent with good meditation. You mentioned anger, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, could it ever be the case where someone, you know, is rightfully or righteously angry and Mm -hmm. they can bring that to the space and work with that in the space? Or is there Mm -hmm. is there a certain kind of neutrality that you want to get to as a result of meditating? Well, if you are coming to meditation, um, whether you're angry, you're sad, you're depressed, whatever it is, there's a certain awareness in you that brought you to meditation, right? So there's already something, uh, there's already something there. So that means that there is a willingness and an openness. Um, And if you have even just a, even just a little bit, a tiny little seed of, of, of openness and willingness to um, address your concerns with, uh, with someone teaching meditation, with a counselor, with, with, with whatever makes you feel comfortable, um, you can absolutely get there. But it's up to also the person uh, instructing on the meditation. It's up to the person counseling. It's up, I have a background in counseling, so I keep saying that. Um, to be able to recognize when a person is ready to take the next step or not. Sometimes the initial meeting might just be um, a conversation. And sometimes pe- people are human. They draw their, exper- their experiences are real. We're not asking you to ignore them. Um, you do have these concrete experiences. I know that I've had them myself where, you know, I've had to evolve. This is this has been an evolution uh, to this point. I've had to evolve and grow into my meditation practice. And it doesn't mean I never get angry. Of course I do. Um, I just don't allow it to ruin my whole day. I just, I can, I can catch myself. So I've slowed down just enough to catch myself and say, oh, okay, I recognize that. I recognize that trigger. I recognize this. Okay, that, you know, and then I can work with myself. I can take a moment and sometimes all it takes is 30 seconds just to take some deep breaths, to close my eyes for a few moments, to recenter myself and then take the next step. So if you are angry, if you are, if you are, if you are in any, any kind of emotional state, we, I can, I can meet you where you are. And that's, what's important that the person be met where they are and not have this expectation that because you've entered a, a, a yoga studio or a meditation studio that suddenly something's going to change, but you entered it. So some part of you is ready and we can cultivate and develop that and grow from there. So for listeners who are, you know, in the big cities, <laughs> I can, I can see it now. There's a mom out there with, she's cramped in a, in a, in an apartment. <laughs> I'm thinking New York city, right. Mm-hmm. Or like somewhere in Brooklyn with an elevated train station right outside of her window. She's got three kids. It's loud. It's mm-hmm. crazy. She is trying to figure out how to, you know, pay bills, how to clothe her children, mm. how to get peace. Where would someone like her start even? I mean, mm-hmm. is it, can you start where you are? Yeah. And does it, and does it always mean perfect quiet? I mean, you, you talked yeah. about like, mm-hmm. you, know, you can jog and, you know, some people, you know, like the, um, the humming sound of a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Um, but for people who can't really get to that, mm-hmm. where do they start? Well, I think that they, you know, in starting where you are in a scenario like that, um, and, you know, being presented with that scenario, it's, of course, it's difficult. It, it, it absolutely can be difficult. But just like when you are growing up in a busy city or you have, uh, you know, you have, um, you know, just all kinds of challenging uh, 
challenging things happening in your environment outside. And then some of those people, those children, those whomever are able to come home and there's this strong counterculture inside. Um, it is possible to create that for yourself. Now, does it take some, some doing? Uh, absolutely. Maybe you carve out the 30 seconds a day that there just might be after the long day of work and picking up the kids from school and helping them with their homework. It all comes from within you, recognizing that that peace and that serenity is already within you. It will begin to change your environment. You will be able to experience and feel that, feel your environment a little bit differently, but you have to recognize and reach inside. And it's difficult for words to teach right? But sometimes our experiences are so challenging that uh, we, we don't have anywhere else to go but in. We have nowhere else to go but in. Um, you know, some people go inside through meditation, some people go inside through prayer, they, they, they just pray, and, um, and gradually their circumstances do begin to change. But it is absolutely possible, you know, just like it was with the, with, you know, this, you know, you think about survivors of the Holocaust who had to survive, you know, the most deplorable conditions. You think about the survivors of African uh, who were enslaved. You think about, you know, somehow, somewhere, um, there were many of them who were able to uh, transcend their circumstances in that moment, even as difficult as they were. Um, and there are lots of stories that you can read about that. Um, but you just recognizing that, or even, you know, again, you know, it's hard for words to teach, but they do plant some seeds, right? So if you are, you know, in a situation that is challenging, that is difficult, and you're hearing this, know that you can start right where you are and recognizing that every, you are already everything you want. You are already that. It's a matter of aligning with that and tapping into that energy and not letting your what's going on uh, around you separate you. And that's where the stress comes in. We're just temporarily separated from all, the, all, all that we already are. And so once we begin to recognize that just little by little by little, um, it grows, it grows, it grows. And then our, like, our external circumstances begin to change to reflect uh, what's going on inside of us. Hmm. So tell me about your day-to-day -day, um, practice and what that looks like. So I'm going to kind of describe as much as I can mm -hmm. on the air where I am. Okay. Because <laughs> we are in uh, Virginia, in Loudoun County, we'll say. Mm -hmm. And we're surrounded by mountains nice sunsets mm -hmm. um i saw that you have a, a meditation room mm -hmm. um what is your day-to-day -day like you also have two kids and a husband mm -hmm. how do you integrate the practice into your life and how does how has it helped you well first i um integrated this practice in the first thing in the morning one of the things i do is i get up early i tend to get up before others and I do sit in my meditation room. I did not always have a meditation room. I was not always surrounded by beautiful sunrises and sunsets and mountains and, you know, all of that. I am from the School of Hard Knocks in Queens, New York. Queens, and, New I, York. you know, just um, there is uh, definitely, you know, uh, been, uh, been a journey uh, to this point. And, and I'm still on it. I mean, the journey is uh, it's ongoing, isn't it? And so um, gratitude, 
gratitude, gratitude, gratitude has been so important. Where I live has definitely become a reflection of what I've wanted. I set the intention for what I want. I planted the seeds for the house that I live in now, which was just built. I planted those seeds in 2016 when I happened to be going through a very difficult period in my life. I was trying to find myself. I'd been a stay-at-home mom for a long time, sort of feeling like I was losing my identity as someone who can work and provide for herself. And, you know, and while I was being cared for by my, um, you know, uh, very gainfully employed husband, I just, it was just something that it, it, it didn't, it, it, my mindset was still um, somewhere else. So you can appear to have everything and then your mindset is, it, it says something different. And so once I began to let go, I stopped trying to control everything. I am a textbook Virgo. I want it done a certain way. I want it done my way at this time. And I just stopped trying to control everything. Then I began to realize that, oh, you know, once I let go, let go and let God, let go and let universe, let go and let a higher intelligence, you know, uh, take over. Um, everything I was concerned about became a moot point. And it was at that time in 2016 that I was able to really meditate for the first time. And it was a miracle, magical uh, moment. I had closed my eyes and I had just listened. You know, the thoughts were coming, the emotions were coming. I had, I had already been crying. And um, I, just, I just released I released and it felt amazing. And then next thing you know, about about 45 minutes or an hour or so had passed and it was, it was a new day. Mm -hmm. It was a new day. So despite the challenges that I was having at that time, um, I, 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 somehow I got there um, and through, through grace, not somehow, but through grace, I got there. So I, I know what is possible uh, with meditation and this is why I teach it. Um, I know that it is, I know it's not easy and I know that there is some push pull. There's some back and forth a little bit. There's some friends saying, well, why are you doing that? That's not working. Well, if you just work a little harder, you know, you know, because we have all of these concrete experiences that, you know, if you work hard and no pain, no gain, and, and that has its benefits. I'm not denying that. But when I begin to let go, that's when life really began to get good it really began to get good. And then I noticed, I said, wow, if I set this intention, this will happen. I said, and I said, wow, I can really do it. And then it's not that I didn't take action. I took inspired action. The, the, it, it, was, it was in spirit. It came through me instead of from this egoic little me trying to control everything and get all the points and you know, get all the gold stars and be the good wife and the good mom. And the, you know, it just began to come through me. And things really, really started to improve and get better. Yeah, some people call that um, alignment. I, I mm -hmm. think I sent you an Instagram. I don't know if you saw it. It was a post um, by a Syracuse grad, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think her name is Lanaya Roberts. I'm hoping that I'm saying that correct. Mm -hmm. But she's an artist. And, um, you know, it was, a, you know, a 30-second post. And she was at her easel or whatever. And, and she said that to her audience, so some of you have been struggling with the fact that you have this gift or talent that comes easy to you. And you think that it shouldn't come easy to you and you're waiting for the struggle. Mm. And she's like, I'm here to tell you some things in life mm. <laughs> just get to be easy. Yes. And that's OK. Exactly. And I think that a lot of people do struggle with that. And mm -hmm. I think because we're taught 
To a large degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, you certainly, you know, there's always going to be some amount of work you put in mm-hmm. um, and some amount of toil, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be torture. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that it's going to be burdensome. Um, it doesn't mean it's going to knock you out. Sometimes you just have a gift and it's by its very nature serves humanity in such a way that you, you don't have to do a whole lot more. Yeah, absolutely. Found that yeah. To be true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we we've been trained away from our alignment, and um, once we start getting back to that, and even even me, even sometimes I'm just like, wow, that I, I set that intention, and that really happened because I aligned with that intention. So just as easily as you can say, oh, that's not going to happen. That's not for me. That's for them over there. That's for them over there. That's for you know. Um, yeah, that's for me too. Abundance is my birthright. Abundance is your birthright. Abundance in health, wealth, love, and however we express ourselves through our through through our work, whether we're an artist, a writer, a musician, a lawyer, a doctor, you know, we do have those unique gifts to share. And one of the ways I uh, start my uh, meditation is I ask myself these four soul questions. And I don't try to answer them. I just sort of get into a space where I can, you know, maybe hear, just quiet. And and one of those questions is I start with who am I? You know, and who am I is really just uh, pure consciousness, pure love, infinite possibilities. You know, what do I want? What does that I want? Not this egoic I, but what what is my heart's desire? You know, and then what is my purpose, my dharma, my purpose? So how can I use my unique gifts to serve others and myself? You're in service of others and of yourself. And when you align with that, everybody wins, right? You create these win-win situations. And then the final question is, what am I grateful for? For for what am I grateful? And um, it just sort of sets up. It's a it's a great way that as a, a Chopra uh, teacher that I, uh, um, you know, set my students up for uh, their meditation and just allowing allow just allow allow the universe allow God allow the spirit to talk to you. They say they say that when we pray we talk to God and when we meditate we allow God to talk to us. Mm. Sometimes we just need to be still, be still and know. And, um, and it comes. And sometimes if you're, if you're, you see, sometimes we get caught up in our egoic patterns. We want it right now. <laughs> we don't want to wait six months or when nope. the universe says and you <laughs> know, when God says and Okay, well, how's that working out for you? Because I tell you, it didn't work out for me. I, ha- <laughs> I had to, I, I just, life will, <laughs> life will grow you up and cause you, if you're paying attention, it will cause you to align with what's real and um, sort of get back to get back home to ourselves, right? Do we want the money or do we want what the money can bring us? Peace, freedom, joy, satisfaction. If you can feel that, if you can feel that first and feeling your way through and make your lists of how I want to feel today versus how what I want to do today, um, I promise you things will begin to shift for you. Let go, trust, be still and know and it will come. It will come. It will come. And if you haven't received it yet, you, you might not be ready or you're blo- blocking your blessings with complaining and not recognizing, you know, that um, you're alive today. And that's a good thing. And this sky belongs to all of us. And there's just so much to be grateful for that I think is easy to forget about as the co-worker gets on our nerves as our, this mm. isn't happening. And, uh, you know, and you got to chauffeur the kids here and there. And oh, my goodness, I am. I, listen, I am an Uber driver 
for my children. They have amazing <laughs> lives. And <laughs> I get to do, this is what I get to do. You know, instead of what I have to, this is what I get to do today. I get to be with them and watch them grow up up close and take them. They, they're going to be, but my, my, my son is 16. My daughter is 11. And they are there. I, I can't believe they're this old already. They're going to be gone in five minutes. Every morning, I'm like, I, I love taking you to school. I tell them this. I love taking you to school. I love spending this time with you because it's 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 fleeting. And then you're left with you. And then if you're so caught up in that that identity of being a mom, you know, it can feel very empty, you know, when they go and they're going to go. And I, and I, I want to, when sure meditation has helped me shore myself up, not only for myself, but for my children, they get to see me, I get to raise them in this state of awareness. It is such a wonderful, beautiful thing. You have a background in counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned, how has that informed, if at all, your meditation practice and practices at all? I mean, is there a connection or are they two separate worlds? Uh, I think that they can be very successfully integrated. I think with counseling, there are, you know, having gone through a you know, master's program and, you know, there are some wonderful techniques and there are some wonderful um, prescriptions and there's some things that you can do to really be helpful. And, um, you know, some people have acute problems where, you know, a, 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 a you know, something that others might consider a quick fix might be necessary. It might be necessary. These, some of these techniques are useful, helpful, necessary. Absolutely. Um, when I started to meditate, though, I felt that I, as I began to return to my wholeness, because that's it, I'm not broken. I'm not, I'm, I'm whole. I've always been whole. Does counseling but, presuppose that you're that one is broken. Is that what is that the goal of counseling? And is meditation different from that? Well, meditation definitely differs in okay. that way. I think I'm not saying not, not all counselors approach counseling that okay. way or psychologists or psychiatrists. Okay. But I think people when they seek counseling or mm. when they are hesitant to, um, they feel that they might be judged. They feel that they, you know, that they're they're you know, that um, someone's going to, you know, know something about them that they don't want to know. There's a lot of shame. There's that's why people don't go. Right. People mm-hmm. don't go. So I, you know, with med- meditation and counseling, of course, are, are very different. Like I said, they can be successfully uh, integrated through a practice of exploration. And, and, and some people need to talk to express themselves. Um, some people, it's very difficult for them to sit quiet. Not everybody is drawn to sitting quietly. And that's why there are so many different ways of becoming meditative, uh, like we talked about before. But I think that as I think about my experiences uh, receiving counseling, which are very, very helpful. Uh, my experiences counseling others. Um, it's, I feel like I've gained, I've, I've grown exponentially with my meditation practice in a way that, you know, perhaps my counseling practice maybe set me up for because I'd had that first. Um, I think it all counts. Um, and so I would encourage anybody who is seeking counseling, if that's what you feel you need, absolutely seek it, try it, do it, um, use it in conjunction with meditation. There are more and more, um, uh, meditation teachers, master yoga teachers who are going out and like we had talked about before going into hospitals and, um, and really understanding that people need help beyond what the medicine is. So I need help beyond 
uh, quitting smoking, I need to address the needs, address the reasons why I'm smoking at all. And so right. instead of just continuing to put that Band-Aid on, we want to heal that wound all the way up. And it is absolutely possible. Would it be accurate to say that meditation allows you to sort of tune out and even tune in and just be with yourself, mm-hmm. your thoughts, and, and to get us a, a greater consciousness of really some of life's issues? Just mm-hmm. doesn't mean you solve them. They just sort of become more present versus, you know, counseling where it's like, okay, these are the issues. Let's work on working through them. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know. Is is is. Yeah. Is that accurate? Well, I think that with meditation, it helps you transcend this worldly you, right? So it, it, helps you to, it helps you to tune your attention to something else. So if you are with counseling, sometimes it works for people, sometimes for those who doesn't, because they keep picking, they keep picking apart the wound, right? They keep picking mm. the wound, picking the scab, picking the wound, picking the, picking the scab. And sometimes it can take a very long time. And I think that millions of people have benefited from counseling. I've had people that I've counseled that I feel that they have benefited from it. But if at that time I, had, I was where I am with my meditation practice, I think it could have been, been that much more helpful. Because meditation, it, what it helps you to do is to transcend your thoughts. Because some, the stress is not from, from the thing, right? right? We, all, we all get triggered and stressed out by different things. People love roller coasters. Other people hate roller coasters. You know what? Don't get on a roller coaster, right? So it helps us to tune our, what are we giving our attention to? Because we cannot solve the problem with the same mindset that, the, that, that brought the problem on there. A shift has to take place and that causes us to have to shift our attention. What are we giving our attention to? And it doesn't mean that you're suppressing anything. That's, a, that's another sort of misnomer. Okay, so if you want to go to medical school, you can do that. You have to give it a sufficient amount of attention in order to complete it. It doesn't mean law school didn't exist, but what are you giving your attention to? So there are ways that you can shift your attention such that, you know, those, the, the problems just get smaller and smaller. You're not paying attention to them anymore. You know, it's kind of like when you go, that's what people like to go on vacation. Vacation is such a wonderful thing for people because they get to go. The hotel room is crisp and clean. There's no, you know, there's no junk around. There's no junk drawer. There's no, I mean, it's just a wonderful, uh, uh, beautiful, but you're away. You're sort of giving your attention to something else. And it's, of course, it's easier to do, right? You're on vacation, right? You're away from home. You're, you're away. Um, but it is, a, it's a, it's a really good example of what it's like to um, enjoy that shift. And for some people, it's, you know, short-lived, like, oh, now I got to go back, you know, to work, Mm. you know. Okay, fine, but maybe you can get to a place where, you know, you're you're making other shifts in your lives where you're not uh, necessarily looking to take a vacation from your life. I love going on vacation. There's nothing better than coming back home. I love Mm. being at home. I love being with my family because I've created over time and with a lot of inner work, a lot of tears. There's been, there's just been a lot because sometimes it's so easy for people to, you know, well, well, you're doing that because you're this and you, but you live over here and you do, uh, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm, it was an evolution. So, and I had to decide what I wanted to give my attention to. And then those things started to grow, right? They say that where your energy goes, where energy flows, that's, that's what grows. And uh, I'm a witness to that. I, I, I've experienced that. I've had the experiential, you know, sort of recognition of that. And it's a very real thing. 
So if you're constantly giving your attention to something negative, then that's what's going to keep showing up. It's, you know, these algorithms are a perfect example of that, right? If you're on YouTube and you're, on, you're looking at makeup tutorials, YouTube likes, oh, well, she likes makeup tutorials. I'm going to send her a few more of those. And if you're on it, you know, looking at just the, you know, the recap of the CNN for the day, you know, YouTube is going to give you more of that. It's, it's you know, your, your ego is always looking for an external manifestation, a ster- an external sort of confirmation, you know, uh, of its correctness, right? So you want to, you want, you want to be, you know, the, the, the internet has given us an opportunity to verify what we think, no matter mm. what we think. And we can think one day today and another way the next, and we can find something somewhere, some quote to verify it. And it makes us feel so good, right? But we can feel good without that. We can use our meditation practice to transcend all of that. And then all of a sudden, all of our action becomes inspired. The work that we have to do doesn't feel like work. It just happens, you know? It's even in sort of day-to-day life. If you, uh, you, When I allow myself to rest, all of a sudden, the things that I had been trying to get done all week, whether it be something as mundane as the laundry, I can, I can complete that. And with verve and with, you know, uh, just satisfaction, it's... Um, these things are possible. Uh, and yeah. I think that that's what the meditation, my meditation practice has opened me up to. Uh, and it's allowed me to live a fuller, better uh, life where um, the unknown becomes exciting. That's where it's just so sweet. The un- I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't, and that's okay. And it's, you know what, it's good. Because if I knew everything, I'd probably ruin it or it'd be boring. I mean, I, you know, I don't need all the information right now. You know, I love that what you say about um, the naysayers and your evolution and, and your need to focus on that continued evolution. Society generally because of the COVID pandemic uh, in the last couple of years, there's been a lot of room for growth and growth. People evolving as a result of a shift in time, a shift in paradigm. Uh, an inability to just kind of hear more. I want to talk about that and more about your evolution when we come back. So stay with us. What's up, guys? Sergio Gregorio, a.k.a. Serge here, and I have an amazing tip for you. Do you have a limited budget but want to start a podcast? Well, then Anchor is for you. The creation tools on this app will let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or, if you prefer, from your computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast to many platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. With Anchor, you can make money from your podcast and you don't have to have a certain number of listeners before you do. Yep, you got it. There is no threshold to meet for number of listeners. Anchor gives you everything you need to start a podcast and it's all in one place. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So before the break, we were talking about evolution and how a lot of people are tuned into growth now because Mm -hmm. of this time called COVID. Mm. So much has changed. You have people who have left their jobs completely (laughs) and have found (laughs) themselves. Uh, People who have switched positions. People who no longer even give their work the kind of value 
or time or energy that they used to give it because they just feel like, you know what, it's not everything. Have you seen that in your practice? I mean, are you are you drawing and attracting uh, th- those kinds of issues or people with those sorts of, um, I don't know, characteristics? Yes, uh, I have definitely taught, I definitely have had students who um, just realize, you know, with this with this whole, like you said, this this COVID time period. That's twenty uh, twenty one. I had I taught several times remotely, um, virtually, and they were definitely looking for something different. People are they were sick and tired of being sick and tired. They wanted better health. They wanted to figure some things out. They wanted to, and I'm, I'm you know, I was, I was doing this four day, you know, class. It was like a you know, couple of hours each evening over four days, and it was. Uh, and I ended up, I ended up, did you know, doing some counseling uh, during that time? There was a lot of very specific questions, and you know, well, what if I this, and what if I, you know, there's, you know, people were really they're looking for a new way to be, a new way to feel, um, because the old way it was very clear that they were tired of it. You know, um, one person had shifted her uh, position at work. Um, where she was actually doing more of what she wanted to do, which was, you know, talk about women's health and rights and things like that. And she, she's uh, an attorney, actually. And so she got to um, create a position for herself that she wanted in a, in a job where, um, you know, some people might not have had the courage to do that. So people are definitely, they're stepping out of their comfort zones. They're coming, they're asking questions. They want to meditate. They want to feel better. They want to feel good. Um, and I think that, you know, meditation definitely helped them to do that. Um, just sitting, quieting your mind, just uh, not even quieting your mind, but hearing the silence that's already there and recognizing that the thoughts, just let them come and go like the clouds in the sky. They're going to come, they're going to go. Um, and when they did that and we, we, we were doing that pretty regularly, monthly, et cetera, um, things begin to, they, they begin to shift for them. You know, they began to have more courage. A, a woman that I, um, I know very well, she started a business. Um, a lot of people started businesses, as you know, like you said, people were leaving their full-time jobs, starting that bakery, starting that, you know, apothecary, what, whatever it is they want to do. They were doing, taking chances because they're recognizing like, uh, life is short. Life is, life goes by really quick and I, I want to live it and I want to live it good and I want to do the things I want to do. And that's what meditation certainly helped me to do is to live my life more authentically. And I said to myself, well, what if I don't want to be a meditation teacher? What if I don't want to, uh, that's okay. I, I'm enjoying, I enjoy teaching. I enjoy the practice. I, I, I practice, I meditate usually twice a day and some t- for about 15 or 20 minutes. Sometimes it's 45 minutes. Most times it's 45 minutes. Sometimes it's two hours like mm. yesterday morning i just i just rode that, that wave and and <laughs> it, it, it but i i i got to that place where of stillness where there's no time there's no time i got to that place and that's why the time that's why you know in in, in sort of clock time you know the the time elapsed uh the way it did um, and I didn't know it was going to be two hours. I don't set a timer necessarily. I had a, um, after the first hour, I flipped over my hourglass. And um, when I opened my eyes, it was when, gone again. When yeah. you're meditating, mm-hmm. what if I were to walk in on you, what do I see? Are you 
you know, are you chanting? Are you listening to music? And if you are, is the music in your ear? Is the music just mm-hmm. sort of that everyone else can hear it? What What mm-hmm. does that look like? It's a very good question, yeah. So when I uh, meditate, I have a meditation pillow set. And if you're not familiar, a meditation pillow set, it sort of has a larger square pillow. And then on top of that, there's a smaller round pillow for you to sit on. And so you sit on the meditation pillow, allowing your knees to fall below your hips, below your sits bones so that you can uh, sit more comfortably. Um, And uh, you can meditate sitting in a chair. You can, I mean, there, if you need the back support, you can, you can do uh, what's comfortable for you. Um, But for most practices, sitting in an upright position is optimal. And um, usually I have my hands relaxed on my lap or I have, you know, sort of on my, you know, knees, I'm just sitting, you know, as some people sit in lotus position, I sit in crisscross applesauce position. <laughs> you know, you don't need any uh, special um, experience in order to be able to meditate. But um, some days I meditate, uh, most days I meditate with my primordial sound mantra, which is a mantra that's based on my birth information that was recorded by the uh, um, ancient um, sages of uh, India. And uh, some days I, and I say that mantra quietly to myself over and over again in my head, and it just sort of takes me deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, sometimes it, depending on the day before, the night before, sometimes it takes me a little bit longer, you know, to settle down. Sometimes I settle in and been a minute or two. Other days it takes me 20 minutes, so I might meditate for an hour, but 20 minutes I'm just there observing the thoughts that are just coming and coming. Oh, shoot, and I forgot to do this. Oh, my goodness, I forgot to pay that bill. I forgot to, you know, and so all of these <laughs> things, they just come up um, but now I've, I've gotten so used to them I just you know they sort of pass and then I'm able to to move on I didn't have to shift my attention uh, some days it's just a thoughts observation um, if my mind is particularly active and and sometimes even during the meditation your mind will become more active because you're just you're you're, you're, you're and your body will start feeling certain things because you've, you've set still long enough uh, for those things to come up so they can come out sometimes there are tears sometimes things come up from deep within the recesses of my mind and I get excited now instead of sad because I know those things are trying to leave. So I allow them to come up and I allow them to leave and sometimes they leave through tears. Um, sometimes I do listen to music. I do listen to meditative music uh, and you can find these on YouTube. There again, once again, so many different ways uh, uh, to, to meditate. Um, but I do find um, meditative music uh, on YouTube and I'll have that in my ears because the sound resonate, resonates uh, so well. Um, and, and I just let it take me. I just let mm. it take me. I'm really, I, I'm sort of in this uh, place now where the sound therapy and the sound healing gets me, it, it, it really um, sort of helps me to sh- focus my attention on that versus thoughts faster. And so I've uh, just begun to uh, study uh, sound therapy. I do have a tongue drum and it is, it's just, it's very relaxing and meditation, you know, the way I do, it's not about going to sleep, right? It's a, it's a, it's an alert uh, calmness. It's an alert awareness, you know, it's sort of like when you, when you hear a sound, you know, sort of a, a sound that is out of the ordinary, you stop for a moment and naturally everything else is tuned out as you try to hear that sound, mm. 
right? So it's sort of it's it's um it's an alert awareness that allows you to relax. Yes, it does. It is very helpful uh, for you. But not all meditations are relaxing. You can't judge your meditation. I don't recommend that you judge your meditation. Um, based on what's happening during the meditation itself. Because sometimes, like I said, those thoughts are just coming and they're like, oh my God, I just want, I just want to meditate. <laughs> I just want to relax. And mm. sometimes the thoughts are coming because, you know, we've lived this life and we've had things going on and, and our minds are, you know, just more active than other times. But it's still very valuable, very valuable. Because as you, when you, in your day-to-day life, that's where you really begin to see the benefits of, of your regular meditation practice. You really begin to see that. And so it, Sounds as if, um, in addition to, you know, obviously being tuned in to your thoughts and observing your thoughts, there is this journey to authenticity, would you say? I mean, do Mm -hmm. you become more authentic and more real as you, Mm -hmm. I I keep saying tune in, but in Mm -hmm, a way it's mm -hmm. also tuning out stuff too, right? I mean, Mm -hmm, you're, you're, mm -hmm. um, is that one of the goals or um, mm-hmm. results of, of the, those that, sort of practices? Yes, I would say that's definitely a result. Um, tuning your tuner, right? So I've heard uh, people say, you know, if you want to hear jazz, you got to tune your tuner, you got to turn your radio to the jazz station, mm. right? You can't hear classical can't hear jazz on the classical station. Not going to hear rock and roll on the classical station. What do you want to hear? Tune it to that. Tune your attention uh, to that. Um, and tuning into this, uh, uh, tuning your attention to this quiet within you, it helps you, it definitely helps you to live your daily life more authentically. And it doesn't mean that you don't enjoy the roles that you play, but you don't get so caught up in them knowing that you are so much greater than all of that. Yeah. Do you think this is interesting? Because we kind of mm-hmm. alluded to this before the break. I, I talked about, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned like the naysayers and the criticism that you would get as you are on this journey of evolution. Mm-hmm. Do you think a lot of the issues, life's issues, mm-hmm. a lot of and we call them issues, you know, so-and-so has issues. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of the the woundedness that people present in day-to-day living and their interaction with others and, and how they treat themselves is a result of some level of inauthenticity, do you think? I mean, is it, or lack of awareness of, of some kind? Yeah, it's definitely lack of awareness. Yeah. Um, because if, more, if people were aware um, that they are already everything that they seek, uh, they wouldn't. Be, <laughs> the world would be quite quite a different place, wouldn't mm. it? You're already everything you seek, and so what are you once again giving your attention to? I think that, um, you know, as people are sort of in their infancy of understanding meditation and understanding why other why why some go on this meditation journey or their journey to wherever wherever they need to go uh, really you don't need to go anywhere but sometimes it's helpful to um, do certain things be in certain places so that you can have that certain uh, serenity um, the I think the the criticism it comes from you know just life experiences that have taught you to view life in a certain way and you have not yet seen that there's this expanded awareness there's this expanded consciousness that allows you allows me to see myself in you and you and me um, and that's where the compassion is but you have to have the self compassion first and often people who are critical or jealous or you know they 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 just they don't they don't know how awesome they are yet mm. they don't know how awesome they are yet and it's 
you know, it's tricky to talk to uh, someone like that. But if ever I talk to someone like that, and I'm generally not attracting that energy, but if ever I'm talking to someone like that and I get the slightest, just if, this, if the door just opens a little bit for me to talk to them about their own beauty and their own wonderfulness, that, the one, that, that we all share, the oneness that we all share, um, I take it. I take that opportunity. And, um, and I sometimes, I, I don't know, I don't know if it's helpful or not, but if I, if I have that opportunity, I take it as a, a, a sign that that's what I should do and maybe, you know, introduce them to, you know, some of my practices because I know what it's like to be that. I know what it's like to be jealous, you know, like we were, you know, saying before, uh, during the break, just, you know, to be jealous of those people who did not have a hard life. Mm. Why is that wrong? I did. I didn't even know that that was that, that I, you know, that I had felt that way until I don't know, something happened, something opened up. I'm like, Oh, that's just their life. I see they did not have to strive and work and contribute to the household and to do and to buy their own prom dress or whatever it is, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, whatever your challenges are. And I, you know, I have mental illness, you know, close in my family, bipolar disorder, mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, I feel like I be I feel like I was aware that I was on this journey. And we're all on a journey of some sort, right? Whether we're aware of it or not. Um, you know, am I going to be like that? I don't know. What is, what is, why is that person acting that way? And my, you know, every once in a while, they just sort of, you know, get a little crazy and what, you know, and forgive my use of the word crazy, but at that time, that's how I, you know, thought about it. And, um, and I was concerned and I started reading and that's how I, you know, became a, a psych major in college and, mm-hmm. you know, studying counseling in graduate school. I was really trying to figure out who I am and am I, go- am I going to be okay when I get older? Um, is everything going to be all right? Um, and so it just, uh, it's, as I began to open up and to expand my awareness, um, that self-compassion and that self-love that I did not know I was missing. I, did, I didn't know. I didn't know. And so that developed and it grew and it caused me to have a lot of compassion uh, for others, um, even others who are doing and saying things that, oh, my God, you know, people would consider so deplorable. I mean, everybody is seeing life and experiencing life through their own lens and their own conditioning. And meditation has helped me to break through that conditioning and have compassion for others when I see them behaving and saying and doing things through their conditioning. Yeah, and so many people, uh, speaking of that conditioning, aren't, um, well, they're not listening to their lives. They're not paying attention to how their lives are speaking to them, how mm. God is speaking to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of people walk around wounded. A lot of people walk around earth feeling inadequate. It's not that in and of itself that's bad. It's a lack of awareness of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and just continuing to exist on earth with those issues is so problematic. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And what, you know, it's, uh, we, we can pray and have compassion and love from afar when it's necessary. Mm. Um, but we have to, I think that what I've learned and what I've observed is that if we just focus on ourselves a little bit more, Right. And on our own awareness and our own expansion, I think that that can touch the next person and then maybe that can touch the next person. And then and then it it grows from there. Um, And what we are, you know, once again, giving our attention to millions, billions of people meditate every day. 
every day they're tuning in. Every day there is a vibration that goes out of love that comes back. So this is this is what people feel is there. There are, there, are, there are millions of people who feel like this is their job, that this is what they're here to do, that this is their purpose, to love, to love and to love unconditionally. And some people use meditation, um, their meditation practice in order to do that and to sustain that, right? Because sometimes it's, it's hard to love unconditionally. It's hard to love everybody unconditionally. <laughs> I love my children unconditionally. But, you know, so it is. And, you know, we're human. But, um, but recognizing that we're human. Not just me, not just you. Everybody, everybody is. And so how can we um, love you know, it's kind of like we pray for someone we don't know. We pray for sister so-and-so who's, you know, at home sick with whatever. You know, we're, we're praying um, and sending out that energy of love. To me, a prayer is an energy of love and that energy is real, right? To me, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I see these uh, T-shirts, you know, I'm here because of the prayers of my, my grandmother mm. and my aunts and my, and, and, and I feel that a lot of my uh, safety and success um, is because of those prayers, that energy that goes out. It's an energy. Whether you pray to uh, Jesus or Allah or whatever it is, it's still that energy, that intent behind that prayer. I know that I have people praying for me who love me. And I feel that, you know, in order to live life the way I have lived it in New York City, uh, going to and from school on the trains, getting home. I mean, there's just, there's so much that can happen that somehow I missed. It didn't, it didn't, Align some some something. I, I I wasn't my my vibration didn't match up to some of the dangers that were there, and I experienced some crazy things, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that energy. Did you goes, live that life again? Can you see yourself on the A train? <laughs> <laughs> well, as you know, it's so interesting as a as a native New Yorker. I I um you know it's so much you know it's it's as we transcend our conditioning and all of that. It's so it's, it's you know does is that part of my DNA now? Ooh. You know, is it is it, does it become you know being growing up in New York City? You know, it's such a blessing though because right. I think that growing up the way I grew up in New York City and being on the trains and you are on the trains with gay people, you're sitting next to a, a, the Jewish person you're st- i mean you are you let me tell you to- you are you are born tolerant in new york city you just have to be and right. i don't even like that word tolerant i right. like to i like to use the word just sort of embracing well, certainly everyone stimulated yes it's <laughs> a lot to oh, see and experience and a lot to, yes. a lot to uh, tune out and and you you in any mm-hmm. environment but it's mm-hmm. particularly an environment as busy as new york city um, mm-hmm. If you're not careful, a lot of that environment can become a part of you. And mm-hmm. We see that a lot, mm-hmm. right? And especially in big cities, whatever, people mm-hmm. literally wear the stress on mm. their face mm. or they have what we call an attitude mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like what is that how could you how could you take all of that in and allow it to exist inside of you and be okay with that yeah well it's, it's again yeah. it's just a lack of awareness lack you know awareness. we don't we don't know what we don't know until we know it i didn't know what i didn't know until i right. until somehow i knew it and we have our you know thankfully and I, I one of the blessings i think of this this internet this information superhighway that you know we this these computers that we hold in our hands uh now i think one of the blessings of that is to is that we have greater access you know to people like Eckhart Tolle and to you know Oprah and to Deepak Chopra and to I mean there's just so many uh different 
ways to get information about meditation and about, you know, the laws of attraction and, you know, all of these uh, topics uh, that I've become interested in and, and, and have expanded my exploration of as a result of just tuning in and just uh, tuning into myself. And these things are just sort of naturally uh, unfolding uh, for me in the order in, that is perfect. That is perfect. I am always right where I need to be always. And uh, including doing this uh, wonderful podcast, I'm just so thrilled to be able to share because I really believe in this work. I believe in, um, you know, uh, uh, people sort of using these, these, uh, the, the technology in order to find, find what works for you find what works for you. So some people might not like this voice or some people might not like the, you know, find what works for you. Keep going with it. Keep going. Keep practicing that self-love, self-compassion as you know, it might take you a little bit more time, but keep going and you will find what is working for you and you'll practice, practice, practice until maybe you're ready to move on to the next step. But it's only, it only can be good, not only for yourself, but for your for your health health wise, of course, and then for your for your personal relationships, your family, your friends, your children, your husbands, your wives. I mean, it's it's an it's an amazing uh, uh, way to be. It's an amazing way to live. Uh, we get so caught up in all that we have to do. There's always going to be stuff to do. But what is your state of mind while you're doing it? And this is what meditation can help to improve for you, improve greatly for you. Well, Satira Janine, this has been a conversation that I think our listeners are really going to benefit from. For people who are um, listening now who want to learn more about you and the work that you do, and even the work in the community, where can they get that information? Oh, thank you so much. Um, you can uh, find me at www.satira, S-A-T-I-R-A, Janine, J-A-N-I-N-E, dot com satira janine dot com and so uh and then i'll have uh other uh, information there you can email me at meditate at satira janine dot com so uh look forward to hearing from you i'm going to be creating some new courses for 2023 and uh hope to uh Hope to see you soon. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sergio, for having me. I really appreciate it. This has been fantastic. Thanks for coming on. 